You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and uh, who, sir, coming from uh, a cottage, I believe in Magnetowan, Ontario, are you? Yes, I'm uh, I'm Matt Duncan. I'm your producer, and uh, I'm in Magnetowan. Magnetowan, I like, uh, like that. Yeah. Careful how you say it around here. Uh, they'll get you. They'll get you yeah. every time. That's messed up. But, My bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm here at the cottage, and uh, there's a popping fire going on behind. So if you hear that, they're not gunshots. They're just uh, you know relaxing, uh, nice. coal burning. You know, cool. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just outside of a firing range. So if you oh do sick hear, yeah, if you hear gunshots, it's not a fire. It's <laughs> people are firing guns. So heads up there. Um, but. Uh, well, yeah. thanks for, you know, did, being the best producer as always and coming from the cottage, you know what I mean? Yeah, let's see how it goes, you know? Um, yeah, we, we got a really, really fun pod today. And l- let me also say um, thanks for joining us. We are uh, uh, Confederacy of Dunks. We uh, we talk Raptors, NBA. We'll be starting with NBA today. We're with Raptors Republic. Uh, and um, yeah, a lot of support and a lot of love recently. So thank you so much. Uh, this this podcast is a special one. We've had it in the works for a while, um, and uh, I, I know Brooks from I think you know uh, from from comedy and and the performing world, uh, but he, he's a huge huge basketball fan and has started running a an amazing basketball podcast, which I've uh, had the luxury of listening to a couple times uh, with his two sons, uh, Spency G and Marky Man. Uh, we'll be calling him Marky and Spency, uh, and yeah, so we have three guests today. Uh, it's going to be fun, and also just like a wild amount of action. Uh, their podcast is uh, Orange Ball Juice. Uh, make sure you check that out. Subscribe, give them some love, and um, yeah, you know we'll we'll talk to them later at the end about sort of like the plans for the pod. But uh, just so much going on in the NBA, uh, and obviously the Raptors world. Uh, including the new champions, new coach. So let's get right to it. Um, let's bring them on. Uh, make some noise, even if you're at home alone, for Spency G, Marky Man, and Brooks. This is your music, by the way. It's uh, all royalty free, so we never know where it's going. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I see Brooks 
happens he just starts you know gets a top hat starts doing a little tap dance or something be nice yeah that does have top hat energy (laughs) Um, uh what's up guys um thank you so much for doing the pod appreciate you joining thanks for having us on it's uh pretty crazy i mean obviously like last night was the last game of basketball of the season so time to talk some basketball i guess yeah i know we're still like in that sort of amazing like interim period of like fresh basketball and then like heading into the off season. But um, I think with, the, with that in mind, let's just jump to it. Uh, you'll probably get weirded out a little bit because <laughs> all of our sound effects are weird owl based. Um, so Maddie D please give me your, uh, your weirdest weird owl NBA sting. Been spending all my life leaving in a Raptors paradise. Here we go. We got AI. We also have Maddie still using whatever website produced <laughs> that audio clip. Um, I, uh, you know, I don't want to sort of sort of throw to anyone too fast, but um, what makes sense? Uh, Spence G, are you are you down for the first question? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, cool. So, um, yeah, I mean the the, the finals ended yesterday. Uh, Nuggets in five. Uh, I think Jokic pretty clear finals MVP. Uh, I, I didn't know you're actually all, you know, coming from, is it Kitchener or Waterloo? Waterloo. but Waterloo. Yeah. But whatever. It counts. Yeah, you know just, what I mean? We call so, it yeah. It, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, massive kind of like Canadiana there with, uh, with Jamal Murray, two championships in a row featuring a, like a prominent Canadian with Wiggins and, and Murray. But um yeah, I, I'll, I'll just like sort of like leave it open. What's um, what's your what's your major takeaways from the from the finals and the Nuggets winning? Yeah, um, I just my biggest takeaway is that no one's close to the Nuggets. Yeah, I think like the entire playoffs are completely consistent, and like they won in five in the finals. They swept mm-hmm. the Lakers. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And like I have to say, we were talking about this on our podcast. We might see a dynasty coming for the Nuggets, right? Yeah, I mean that's 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 fair. I've been I've been talking a lot about parity, and I think that we've seen a lot of parity. But the Nuggets, I mean, I don't really. No one exactly comes to mind as far as like a team that's uh, approaching them, at least in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, is that sort of where you're coming from? Like, do you think it's like they they have a clear path for the next couple of years? Yeah, for sure. Especially now with the whole Grizzly situation, I think they've got a real path. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like, we'll get to it. I mean, beyond Jaw, we also stole their <laughs> offensive mastermind, uh, uh, Raptors yep. fans. We stole their head coach or their assistant coach. Um, let me go to you uh, uh, next, Brooks. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, is there any kind of like major takeaways you got for the finals and, you know, the Nuggets in general? I agree with Spencer that we, the kind of the thing we were talking about is in terms of them being a dynasty, uh, it was more like looking at the entire NBA, like right now in this moment, which which teams have a possibility to be the next dynasty. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. And we were talking that before they had won the fifth game. And it seems like the Nuggets are it's hard to think of another option, like maybe Sacramento, but they haven't done anything yet. Whereas you look at the Nuggets. It was a pretty dominant playoff run and a pretty dominant season. Um, and they seem pretty set up for the future. And the other question that came to mind was, 
what if Murray hadn't been injured? You know, would this be their third? Would this be their second championship? You right. Know? Um, and, and just thinking in those terms. So my takeaway was, I think the combination of having that one-two punch with Jokic and Murray and their coaching, they just seem like a very disciplined team. And Miami's magic ran out. All those runs they went on when they would, you know, go on like a 17 to three run to take the lead. And, you know, they got, you know, the Celtics back on their heels. It just seems like the Nuggets always had an answer for that, you know, whenever they did something like that. Yeah. I'm, I was just pulling up the sort of kind of like uh, the Nuggets basketball reference here uh, just to sort of get some kind of a collective ages. But um, yeah, it's uh, well, I'll, I'll keep looking for that. Uh, Mar- Marky, is there, are, are you sort of in, in agreement with, with the crew or, you know, yeah, how do you yeah. feel about the, the Nuggets and the league? For sure. I mean, what it mainly for me, it was just that series was just like it, it, it showed that, the Heat were really just the worst team. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. Some, like, some Heat slander. This is yeah, good. I mean, like, I think the Heat were a bit rattled by um, the Nuggets' consistency mm-hmm. throughout the series. They hadn't really faced a team that was, like, that strong in, like, so many factors. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Nuggets for sure do have a clear path uh, to get a few more uh, chips. But, yeah, it was... I didn't. I didn't have much hope for the Heat in that series. Yeah, me either. And you know, I was saying uh, earlier, I, I kind of had to like check myself a little bit, right? Because you know, I definitely picked the Bucks against the Heat, um, and you know, Giannis goes down and all that happens. Uh, and then I think I, I, you know, I'm I'm not that high on sort of what New York has going on. So I thought the Heat were going to for sure beat the Knicks. But then again, I picked the Celtics. Like I was pretty confident that the Celtics were a much better team than the Heat, and you know, regardless of the Heat's like feistiness. Um, so you know, just because we're talking about landscape, and I'll, I'll keep it with you, Marky. Like, what about yeah? So I'm looking at the the Nuggets here, right? Jokic is 28, Gordon's 27, um, uh, Porter is 24, Murray's 26, right? So it's like everyone, all the important guys age wise are locked in. You know, you got Braun, who's 22, um, yeah. won a NCAA championship. Then he won an NBA championship back to back, which is pretty wild. Um, so they're, yeah, they're definitely, yeah, I think they're going to be the favorites. They should be the favorites. But what do you think about a team like the Celtics? Like, do you, yeah. like, as far as what happened and like, are they a team that could rival the Nuggets? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think they have a lot of, a lot to figure out with the whole coach situation because i mean it from what i could see it was it wasn't great coaching to just mm-hmm. go down three uh to the heat but i mean yeah i think they got a they have a bit of a discipline problem but if they can figure out those things there's no reason they shouldn't be like they should at least win one championship with jalen brown and jason tatum and given the fact that they're so young mm-hmm. i mean i i could i could definitely see that in the future and this is sort of just like oh, opening it back up to the group. Like, what about if I say I'm not even, you know, sort of doing a devil's advocate thing, but like thinking about who the Nuggets might go up against. Like, what do you feel about like you know Philly? What do you feel about the Bucks? Yeah, I think the Bucks. It, this season was definitely a fluke. A lot of unfortunate things sort of came together at the same time mm-hmm. um, against the Heat. But realistically, I think. 
the Bucks can keep most of their core guys. Maybe Brooke Lopez is getting up there. <clears throat> so if they yeah, can... that's my thought too. Yeah, so I think maybe just a few little adjustments and the Bucks should be contending again. I just realized you have a Bucks shirt. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I but uh, yeah, no, I mean, like I... You know, I I think the Bucks didn't have Middleton for most of the year, and they right. sort of still won the East. And I think you know, yeah, you play that series like ten ten times, and like I, I feel like the the Bucks are going to beat the Heat eight times. But whatever, it's sort of like what happens and who shows up. And um, just just before we move on here, uh, Brooks, I'll start with you. And I, you know, I know I didn't throw this in the like you know in the in the, in the pre-question thing but like what do you think this means for the play-in like what happened this year what it means for it well it's, I, don't, I don't think it's going anywhere if that's what you're asking well yeah you know it's it's here to stay but do you feel like you know for for instance like teams like chicago or teams like the raptors or like uh you know these teams that were vying to be in those spots do you think they're looking at miami and being like that could have been us i think they are i think something that we discussed though is that Miami is the best team in terms of coach, especially in terms of coaching and in terms of just like that will to win. I don't think Chicago or, or, or the Raptors would have made a similar run. I mean, obviously anything can happen, but Miami is kind of a special case in that they, I think that first round, yeah, the Bucks, a lot of things conspired against the Bucks. Um, obviously the Giannis injury being the main one, but um, yeah, and then Miami, and I, I like like you say, remember that Miami's had these runs. Like they're a team that's especially like Jimmy and and Bam. Like they've been on these lengthy kind of mm-hmm. these runs, so they have playoff experience as well. So I think when they went up against a team like the Knicks, who might be better on paper and certainly had a better record, nonetheless Miami is more experienced in the playoffs yeah. and and probably has better coaching and just has more cohesion as a team. Uh the Celtics series, I don't even know what to make of it. I still think about that. Like, let's remember the Celtics almost did it. They almost. Yeah, they did. And and there's a, there is a different formulation there where the Celtics win that series in six or seven and it wouldn't have been, you know, and, and maybe we'd be talking about the Celtics losing the final in seven. Who knows? I mean, it's hard to say it does. I agree. I can't remember if it was Marky man uh, who said it, but I do agree that the Celtics look disorganized out there some of the time totally like you know a lot of you know when 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 you're watching the nuggets you're like i can on offense specifically you're like yeah i see what they're doing here like you get a sense of what their strategy is and how they're going to score um and you know they obviously the the two-man game um with murray and Jokic. but when you're watching when i was watching the celtics more i was like what are they actually doing like what is like who are they running the ball through and even with miami you know it's like, even with Butler's not having a great night, it feels like the offense is still more or less going through him. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas with them, I could, and again, I, and I fully admit, I am not a basketball expert, especially when it comes to offensive plays and setups and, and, and defense and defensive strategy. I just, it's just the eyeball check for me, yeah. you know, um, as someone who's trying to understand, you know, offensive schemes, I can't really tell what they're trying to do a lot of the time. Right. Uh, maybe that boils down to coaching. Maybe it's the whole, you know, whose team is it? Is it, is it Tatum's team? Is it Brown's team? Like, which, what are we doing here? What's the plan? You know? 
Yeah, well, I'll say this, you know, as a as a basketball podcaster, you're in the right place because, <laughs> you know, part of part of our job is kind of to speculate yeah. and like of course there's like a different level of of knowledge for for all all basketball uh analysts like players, you know, whether you're like uh like you know the sets like someone says a horn or Spain pick and roll and you're like I can visualize that immediately. But uh, yeah, I think even if that's not the case, it's still like a worthy opinion. And the, yeah, the Celtics were interesting to me. Like I, I know we, we brought this up talking about the, the nuggets and the heat, but there was, you know, I think some of the narrative is already getting out. It's like, Oh, the nuggets didn't beat the best teams and you know, that sort of thing. And I think it happens with every championship, right? There's kind of this, like the asterisk conversation of like, you know, who beat, did you, what was the, what was the strength of your opponent? And you know, champions all get compared. Like, for instance, the uh, the Nuggets, they lost less games than the Raptors, you know, when we won the championship, right? So, um, yeah, and, and I think, yeah, uh, Brooks, you already brought it up, but, like, they, out of their last nine games, they won eight. So, pretty, like, pretty absurd uh, kind of, like, you know, winning percentage there. And it's a good point about the Nuggets, right? They have their, their main kind of, like, pet, play there and then like everything rolls off that and if porter's hitting his shots it's like you're in big trouble or if a guy like uh you know christian christian brown or um uh, or bruce brown are going off it's like man you're in really really big trouble yeah. whereas the celtics it kind of seemed like are they are they hot from three or are they not and that's kind of a really big that was going to influence the game a lot and and the heat, yeah, I, I I felt like watching this series, um, and I don't know if you if you agree with me, but I'll, I'll send it to you, uh, Spency. Like when you watch the Heat, did you sir? Like my my take was kind of like they they had to like it was they had to thread more of a needle to be competitive in every game, whereas the Nuggets could make mistakes. Oh, for sure. Like last night, we were all talking about how it seemed like the Nuggets weren't playing well for mm -hmm. most of the game except they were still in it the whole time and when all of the wins that miami's had they've been pretty sound and they've had to be playing nearly perfect the yeah. entire time or they've had to be flawless in the fourth quarter and i think that's when they finally came up against the nuggets it, it really showed that the heat did kind of like their luck did run out a little bit they faced a team that they don't just have little weaknesses that you can pinpoint. Because mm -hmm. the Celtics, they kind of just dismantled them, and you can't do that with the Nuggets. So I think they yeah. finally met their match. Yeah, I feel like the Nuggets were sort of like unshakable. Like they did, that mm -hmm. Butler made that run, right? He hit the two yeah. threes, and he got fouled from three, and then he you know, scored another bucket. It's like 11 straight points, and it was like, oh, man, the Nuggets are like feeling it. But they just sort of kept coming, and they won. Um, and yeah. shout out to them. Uh, okay, I think uh, I think that's good for finals talk. Unless anyone has any finals final thoughts. Didn't mean to say finals ten times in a row there. But um, I'll, I'll add to the Nuggets. Bruce Brown only twenty six as well, so another young and really you know good player. That um, yeah, I think I think I liked I liked seeing because I wasn't didn't watch as much Nuggets basketball, but it was good to see how much depth they actually have too. You know. More than mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get had given them credit for, perhaps. So totally, anyway, that's 
And I really and, like Bruce Brown. And I'll add Jeff Green, only 36. So he's got like, <laughs> yeah. many years ahead of him. Yeah. As a 37 year old guy, you know, no, yeah. I mean, I, I always make this joke. I think there's three guys after this year, there's going to be three guys in the league that are older than me. Yeah. Um. So feeling it, you know, I think yeah. it's Kyle CP three and LeBron. Um, I mean, I'm assuming Haslam and Iguodala finally retire, but um, uh, okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's move on here. Maddie, I'm going to invite you in. Uh, Maddie always kicks off our sort of uh, wild question here. Uh, this question uh, it, you know, is a fun one. It's already entertaining. I'll say that the draft is entertaining. People love it. You got this sort of like, you know, Adam Silver comes in. It's in Madison Square Garden. Everybody boos. They play the like, you know, the, the, they play the chime music. Which, you know, like, yeah. So what is it? <laughs> it's like, something like that. That's pretty good. That's pretty, that's pretty good. I was going to say, it almost gives me like a Harry Potter vibe, but I don't so, know. It's from uh, Power Rangers, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be from Power Rangers. Um, <clears throat> Uh, an extremely old, yeah. They have uh, no show. idea what we're talking about there. Maybe Brooks, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did, we're on a Power Rangers tangent. Um, oh, don't worry, I got some old references coming out. Okay, good, thanks. Um, okay, Maddie, we're gonna, yeah, we're starting with you. Um, so, uh, yeah, you are tasked. Uh, yeah. Adam Silver flies you, flies you into his office directly somehow. Um, and he asked you to, uh, he asked you to make the draft more entertaining. Your responsibility is to yeah. make it, um, more fun. What, what do you do? Uh, let's just say unlimited budget. Wow. Yeah. We're going to need that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Uh, so the first thing that I thought would be great and just shout out to Jokic. I think he is what the, uh, the lowest ever draft pick to win NBA uh, MVP of the finals. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's yep. fantastic. That got me tossing and turning last night. I was so sure. excited about it. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm we, glad you're tossing and turning. <laughs> so yeah, please really well, killing dude. me, man. Okay. It's really killing me. He, okay. So we, we need more low picks to be amazing. So whoever gets picked last in the NBA draft gets pulled out of the matrix Okay. Get to, they get to see what that world's like for a little bit, but we're going to program one skill in, just one. Okay. That so, is, so the, we just have to acknowledge for this scenario, we are all in the Matrix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, we are okay. in the Matrix, okay, everybody. Cool. Uh, so, story yeah. to yeah. <laughs> Spence and Mark, uh, you're going to have to look that up. Uh, maybe, I don't know if your dad's shown you that movie yet, but uh, they watched it. Very real. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. I think we so, yeah. know the Matrix, Matt. But yeah, we gotta. Okay, thank God. Uh, we gotta pull the last pick out. That's like you know, pick number sixty, and and give them. You know, maybe it's like they're the the one skill they have is uh, they never miss. They can take one long three from like past half court a game, and it always goes in. You know, just something okay. that we don't want it crazy. We don't want to put too much flubber on this puck. Yeah. You know, that's we, pretty, that's pretty crazy. I will say okay. <laughs> you just, Fair you enough. save it, you save it. Sure. So yeah, if it's like, if, if it's a th- three point game or a two point game, you get that low pick out there, you get that bull bull out there and he tosses that thing up. It's going to go in. It's going to freaking go in. Now, the other thing that I would like to see too is 
I want more parity with the one, two, and three uh, in the in the draft standings. I'd like to see a dunk tank. I'm always trying to make the NBA more wet, and yeah. a dunk tank. Now the owners are the most important part of the NBA, as we always see. They are the first to hoist the trophy. I want them throwing the balls at this dunk tank. We throw up Wemby. Wow. He's sitting there in the dunk tank. Now, obviously, the first one's going to be a bigger ball, something a little bit easier. It's going to hit the target a little bit better. Okay. Uh, second, third, it's going to get a little bit smaller. But I'd like to see that dunk tank. I'd like to see Wemby get wet. So, uh, yeah, make okay. – the- <laughs> Pretty entertaining so far. I'm not going to lie. Pull the last pick out of the Matrix, dunk tank for uh, the top three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that all makes it like, pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. My question, though, is so the balls that they're throwing at the dunk tank, the owners are throwing the balls, first of yes. all. So yeah. you're giving them more power. Yeah, more um, power. And the balls get smaller as the, as the picks get higher? Uh, yes. Well, like, yeah, like I feel like. Like what happens it... if they miss is what I want to say. Well, they can go and pick up. Someone gives them another ball the size. They can keep so they just. It. They just throw it until they hit it. Yeah. Okay. Right. The first one's going to have a better shot if he's got like a, a gay look football compared to sure. a, a baseball, you know? Well, when we're down to pick like 40, for instance, <laughs> we're, we're talking like golf ball size. Like, oh, yeah. It's like, get, like, uh, like Chinese checkers ball. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, it's really okay. Cool. Um, that's again, pretty entertaining. Uh, I think it would take a really long time. So <laughs> yeah. we're spending the time of the draft to probably about like four or five hours here. Um, <laughs> good. Uh, Maddie didn't disappoint. Um, let's uh, let's start with you on this next one. Uh, Marky, Marky, how are you going to make the draft more entertaining? Um, my one wasn't as insane as that. <laughs> that's, um... that's fair. That's <laughs> no one needs to hit Maddie's level. Cause Maddie's at a cottage. We don't know what's going on over there. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I don't think this could ever happen because it would just be too much. But put put like the lottery, the draft lottery, and the draft in the same night. So like, oh wow, I like so that. like uh, all the hmm. all the like owners and everybody's like like trying to figure out who to draft because they just found out, and it's everybody. It's way more action packed, and uh, it's for everybody because you know. You get to find out the night of who who gets who goes to what team. So that's pretty amazing. I mean, that'd be yeah. stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I mean, I I'd request lots of cameras. Yeah. Like, I yeah. I want to see people. I want to see like Masai and Bobby like getting the third yeah. pick and yeah. then being like you know freaking out. That's yeah. like yeah, they'd be like traders, you know, uh, you know, in the pit on Wall Street, you know, like yeah, freaking out and everybody's <laughs> trying to desperately make their trades before. But you could do it two ways. You could do it. You could have it where it's like they announce the pick order and then you have to make it immediately or you do the pick order for everybody. Then they have to make them, but they can do, they have like a, a sub brief window where they can make trades for picks. This is great. Um, that's like, I feel like you could do like a reality TV thing with that too. Yeah. Um, there'd be heart attacks for sure. <laughs> yeah. There'd be a lot of heart attacks. Yeah. I think, you know what? You'd throw in some paramedics too, right? Yeah. Like you, you have people like ready for heart attacks. Keep um, it safe. Uh, that's that's amazing um uh okay brooks let's uh do, do, do you have an idea or uh, I, I i i'm not kidding I, we did not consult before i was basically thinking the same thing it was the only thing i could think of like how they there's too much time between the draft mm-hmm. lottery and when they actually get to make the picks it, the more you compress that time the more exciting it's going to be 
because now you're going to basically what would happen. I think the main thing would happen is that some teams would just shank it so bad and blow. It. Yes. You have a lot of big mistakes. <laughs> yeah. You just have huge errors, but also adjusting, right? Cause you, it just be like when you're, when you're, you know, picking a fantasy team because you, you have all that pressure to be like, you don't know what order you get to pick in. So you're trying, you're trying to, you know, adjust it on the fly and you don't know what the other guy's going to pick, which happens anyway, but it's more, even more pressure and less time to prepare. Hey, I'm, I'm in uh, like high pressure, high stakes, big mistakes. Um, I yeah. wasn't trying to rhyme there, but like, yeah, I think, I think there would be like a lot of mistakes and yeah, it'd be really exciting too. And, and even just like in terms of trades, that would be like, you're sort of combining the trade deadline uh, in there as well. Um, okay. Spency, what's your, what, how are you making the draft more? Yeah. Um, I've got a couple. Uh, number one, the draft is basically a fashion show already. Yes. So I'm saying we just turn it into a full fledged fashion show as well. Okay, this is good stuff. Um, like, is, is there a theme? Funny. Is it like the Met Gala? Or is uh, yeah, it sort of like... honestly. Yeah, or just okay. just go for it. So they have to run like the catwalk. Yeah, or the when they out. when they're entering the draft, it's they got to walk through the red carpet, and then the players <laughs> can vote on themselves. Um, <laughs> okay, that's the best that's amazing. Um, I love the idea of players like there being side votes too. Yeah. Um, so this one I think is maybe slightly more realistic, but uh, I was thinking maybe add another pick day of, so the 61st pick, and okay. then have every team would be would have an equal opportunity to get the pick. So there's just, what is there, 30 teams? Or thirty two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 30. yeah, thirty yeah. teams, yeah. So just have thirty balls and then you get the sixty first pick and it's just kind of equal just to make it a bit more exciting and maybe do that at the end so there's a reason to stick around. So is there like a lottery for that? Yeah, there's a mini lottery for the sixty first pick at the this end. This is good stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean wow. and that's just like not dependent on where you're at as a team. Like anyone can get anyone. the sixty first yeah. pick. Okay. That's great. Yeah, that's fun. Um Wait, was there was there one more, Spencer? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I got one more. Yeah. Um, just a huge pickup game in their outfits uh, to finish off the night. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be okay. pretty funny. I'm down with that. Like some like really like they have like dress shoes on. People are spraining yeah. ankles. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is good. And they're like, and it's like, those are really expensive suits too. So they're probably like ripping yeah. them, just ripping, yeah, uh, sweating everywhere. Um, okay, that's good stuff. Uh, I feel like so... Um, I had two ideas. One was, um, you know, uh, messing with tradition a little bit. So it's in Madison Square Garden every year. Why not do a uh, like kind of like an all-star game? So the draft is in a different place every year. And um, it's kind of like, you know, it's just whatever it's, it's it's different themes and maybe you could even do places places could apply for it that are not even nba teams um so just a you know way to promote the game that's kind of like a, a serious one yeah and uh I'm, I'm i'm basically stealing this joke from a guy i met yesterday uh a, a friend of mine mike his friend ben we were we were watching the like nba you know the the the, the finals celebration and out of nowhere, he just said, uh, I wish that every time we saw Adam Silver, he had a new wig. 
Um, <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about. Every pick, every single pick, <laughs> Adam Silver's coming out, and it's a new wig. It's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice wig too. Yeah, so like good. quality wig, exactly. Good. And then it's like you know, it's a quality wig, and then you know he's basically he's out there. And you know, in in the in the time that it takes for the team to like make the pick, like he's got to get that wig on. It's got to be fitted. Um, and yeah, so he's coming out with you know thirty different hairstyles, yeah. and uh, and maybe some of them are bald caps, but you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> wears a bald cap. Just, just yeah, like yeah. I want him to wear. A, I want him to. You know, he's already bald, but I want him to wear a bald cap on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but each hair, each wig should kind of reflect the. The, the, the local flavor of the team you know yes so there you go it's that if it's the lakers he's got to be you know it's like bleach blonde or something like that and yes it's you know it's if it's i don't know i don't know what kind of hairstyles people have in new jersey i don't know but yeah new jersey i maybe like what's a jersey shore yeah. uh big hair big hair big hair yeah he's got to have like a like real housewives hair yeah <laughs> Oklahoma, you, yeah. you, you rocking a mullet? Like, what's going on there? You know? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I don't know. And yeah. listen, mullets are back, so they're not even a joke. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> they never left, man. They never left. <laughs> they never left. You know what? Uh, yeah. this, this is the part of the pod where we shout out mullets. Cheers to you. Um, thanks for never leaving our side, uh, Maddie. <laughs> thank you so much. Cheers, um, mine. Oh well, well, thanks for the accent too. Um, let's uh, let's jump to some some Raptors talk. Stay tuned after the break for more Confederacy of Dunks. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Quite a bit going on. Uh, Matty D, give me your, your weirdest Weird Al Raptors sting. This is Adam Silver, huh? Okay, sometimes there's another one. Um, uh, Trust in Messi. Oh, wow. Okay, that's Matt doing it. Folks at home, that's Matt doing it himself. Mimicking Weird Al, uh, who, who always pronounces Messiah wrong. So there's a that's a very layered impression. Cheers, Matty. Um, I would have loved to see your face when you did that. I feel like you leaned in. You know, you're really... In, um, Oh, there he is. There he is. See, you got to check it out on YouTube, folks, because Maddie is he's popping in. He's popping out. There's a lot going on in this pod. Um, <laughs> trust in Maasai. Um, okay, uh, let's start with um, uh, Brooks. Let's start with you. And this is, um, yeah, this is pretty big. Actually, it, it just happened. So, I don't, you know, if you guys didn't watch it, that's fine. But the Raptors hired a new coach. Uh, make sure I get the pronunciation right. Um, uh, I believe it's Darko uh, Rajakovic. I don't know if you say the J like that. No, I think it's I think it's Ryakovic. Ryakovic. I think I think the J is a Y. Anyways, oh. I'll work on it. And if I'm wrong, my bad. But um, yeah, Darko Ryakovic. 
has been hired. He just did his big uh, press conference with Masai. Uh, some people got to ask him questions. Brooks, what is your, you know, you know, and obviously with the caveat, we don't know what a coach knows, right? We're not that inside basketball, but just a general sort of initial feelings. Well, I'm really excited that I, I assume that everyone's just going to call him Coach Darko from now mm-hmm. on. So I'm first of all, I'm excited about that. It's yeah. just saying Darko all the time is going to be great. It's a cool name, straight up. Yeah. So I think that's cool. Um, and other than that, I mean, I didn't see the press conference with Masai, but I, you know, I was kind of following the, the the speculation as to what it meant because I know that he has the reputation for player development, which kind of implies that it's a rebuild or that it's, you know, focusing on youth or it's not just a retool and try to win now kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with, you know, I don't, I don't want to blow up the team. I like a lot of the players on the team and still think that there's, you know, plenty of players on this team uh, could be a part of the future. At the same time, I'm, I'm totally fine with, uh, I'm excited for a new era either way. Right. So, I mean, as far as him, I'll admit it. I don't know enough about him. I, you know, I read it, you know, I read up a little bit. He's been an assistant for a few years. He coached in the G league. Um, he's only the second uh, non-North American head coach ever. So I, I think it's great. I think it'll be, I'm, I'm just excited to, to, to start a new era. That's the main, my main thing um, without, because I truly don't know enough about him. And I don't, mm-hmm. frankly, I don't think hardly anyone does in this market anyway. Unless, except for the true heads that are like, like deep, yeah. knowing everything about you know systems and and mm-hmm. and and coaching and all of that, I, and I certainly don't. Yeah, and I, you know, I should say, um, well, first of all, I agree. Like, I feel like a, you know, a vibe change is very important for this current roster, um, and just also the Raptors in general. Like, whatever direction we're going, um, I mean, I think that the fact that we sort of gave up our pick. Next year, I think we we are aiming to be competitive, but I mean, you know, anything can happen. Um, but yeah, just for for folks at home, uh, I I was able to listen to I think it's Chris Oliver, the basketball podcast. It's a coach who interviews other coaches. Interviewed uh, Darko when he was a, an assistant coach with the Suns. Um, talked about some of his philosophy. So he's been an assistant coach for the Suns, the Thunder, and most recently the Grizzlies. Uh, you know, I think first and foremost, you got to give credit to the players for putting the work in, but you know, his development is, is attached to players like Jaron Jackson, Jr. Like Desmond Bain, um, you know, uh, I, I think to, uh, it's hard to credit like Booker or jaw, right. They obviously did a lot themselves. Um, but you know, thunder Oladipo and, you know, just, just l- lots of guys. So, so he seems like he is very good at development and someone asked him, uh, well, not someone, Samson Folk of Raptors Republic asked him about defense. And I think uh, as a Raptors fan, you've we've all watched Nurse sort of like a big part of what we did was we're trying to overwhelm, um, you know, the ball, right? And try to make role players beat us. And it's been talked about at nauseum, but I think the league showed us that that role players are good enough in the NBA to beat you, right? They're good enough to, you know, if you move it around and find the open shooter, they'll hit it. And um, so he talked about sort of starting with the paint, eliminating the corner three, which is, which is going to be a big change because that's one thing the Raptors did not do. We let people, we didn't let people, but it was not a priority to stop the corner three. So yeah, I think there's some big changes on the way. And I think, 
you know, whether you want to blow, blow the situation up or not, I think uh, it's sort of hard to undersell how big of a change this is going to be. I think it is going to be big. Um, but let me go to you, um, Spency. Where, where, where are you at? Like, just from, you know, I guess, like initially what you've heard about this coach and, you know. Right. Well, my initial reaction was, who's that? Yes, of um, course. Yeah, who is <laughs> he? I, I was looking at some of the other players who are kind of in the conversations, or at least that had been shown in the media, and he mm-hmm. wasn't on there. And all of a sudden, it was just like, oh, we hired this guy. And yes. I didn't see anything about him having interviews, or I didn't hear anything about him. So I was a little surprised. But I mean, everything I just heard was music to my ears. The corner three, I was raving all season about how I didn't like that we were focusing so much on the star players because mm-hmm. it seemed like every possession we just get burned on the corner three or the open man. And c- considering the Raptors do have really good defenders, it was so frustrating watching the double team come and then kicking out to the shot every time. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all the way with you. It was frustrating. And I think it's painful to watch because there's a lot of effort. Right. And mm-hmm. I think, offenses are good enough in the NBA. It's a, it's an offensive time in the NBA. Yeah. You know, it's not nineties basketball. Like I think teams can move the ball and beat that type of aggression, especially if they know it's coming, you know, and you know, you, it, it's nice to shut down Embiid or, or, or Tatum or whatever. But if you lose the game, like what's going on. Right. Um, and uh, you know, to your point as well, uh, I think, the, the that's everyone you, whether you're you know no one's a darko expert right we don't know him um but uh and and i didn't know he was in consideration and i was saying to my brother um this is uh or sorry my brother was saying miguel that this is like even for Masai, this is a very Masai move like the raptors are mm-hmm. so good at keeping secrets and i don't think anybody saw this coming um marky where hopefully hopefully we wouldn't take up all the all the points in the room, but yeah, where, where are you at? Um, the, I mean, know? yeah, I think uh, part of it, I mean, may, maybe since he's known as player development, they're preparing to have Malachi Flynn as a starting point guard. Hopefully that's oh, not God. the case. I, yeah, but, I also. <laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe that's what we're doing. All, I mean, or it could be like, yeah, he's a hidden gem, and that that's, the, that's what they think, and they try to, you know, keep it down about him, mm-hmm. and yeah, there, it didn't seem like there was many coaches left. Like teams were picking up all the all the yeah, big names. Definitely. So maybe, yeah, maybe they were using they used him as like a parachute, or they're just really confident in him. Which I think that's more like, and which I think that's more possible or more probable than just yeah having him as a parachute. But yeah, I'm I'm I don't really know what to think about it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty new. Yeah, but I mean, hopefully, uh, it goes well. But I, I think it's more of a rebuild season for the Raptors uh, next season, uh, given the fact that yeah, there's a chance Freddie will leave, a big chance, big chance for so, sure. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, what do you think about that? Because I don't know what others think about it, and I know it's not my job to ask questions, but I need to know. <laughs> oh, uh, ask away, ask away. Yeah. Um, well, well, just that Freddie. The whole thing with Freddie that's interesting is everybody knows that you know, Coach Nurse like ran Freddie into the ground and he gets so many mm-hmm. minutes and like so much is expected of him. And then we know he turned down his deal and all that. <clears throat> so is it 
that like do you think it's like oh you know would that maybe freddie does want to stick around but just not be relied upon as heavily or maybe he wants a slightly different role like we know he wants the ball in his hands but like these are his best years and if he's like we don't want to we don't want to like wear him out you know like mm-hmm. what what is the best do you think like what's your instinct is he staying or is he going is my question man I, it's a really tough question i feel like what we know now is that he feels and his agent feels that he's worth more than $22 million. So like, I think opting out of his contract was sort of like that was coming. I think that's not really a major indication of him leaving or staying. Um, And I think maybe there was a, there was a point in the season where I was kind of thinking like, man, has Fred had such a down year, you know, percentage wise that he will pick up his contract and, um, you know, I got to be honest, I was also wondering that about Gary. Gary, I think, is getting paid like 17 or 18 and thinking like, well, he, will he just sort of take that contract and hope that he's going to have a better year and get a bigger contract afterwards? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I don't want to go on too long here, but I think we've ran into these situations with Kyle before, with Fred before, and it really comes down to who is willing to offer Fred Who's going to blow them away with a contract? So all, all the major cap room teams are generally the bottom feeders. You know, the OKCs, the Spurs, um, all the teams we know, all the teams that are really good don't have, you know, twenty upwards of $25 million to throw at Fred. And, and you know, maybe they wouldn't want to. I'm, you know, I'm not sure. But um, so it's, I think it's a bit of a leverage game. I think the Raptors, if, if they lose Fred, they can't really replace him with anyone. So I think they either want to resign him or sign and trade him. Uh, I know that's a, a long way to not answer your question. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my, I guess my Maasai sort of instincts tell me that he will return. Um, but I also, I don't know. Uh, I think, I think that transitions pretty well in, into the next question. And um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll start with you, Spency. Like, uh, you know, I think it's. Uh, I should also say, I think it's 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 absolutely cool and fine for anyone to not like a player, not like their style, all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, with Fred, uh, I think I can't remember the fan base. DeRozan had a little bit of this energy where people were really, really frustrated with him. And I think the people who are frustrated with players are off usually pretty vocal about it. So that's something to remember. But um, yeah, I mean, there's no nice way to say it. Fred has a lot of hate. Um, what, you know, yeah. And so, and, and, and the, the reason it's such a meandering question is because I'm trying to say it's fine if you guys don't like Fred. But I mean, what do you think has made Fred such a target? And I know it's kind of sort of an open-ended mm-hmm. question. Like, why is anyone hated? It's sort of hard to, you know, right. You know, right? But, like, why would you say Fred has, has become such a target? Um, I, I think, especially at the start of this year, it, he did have a lot of expectations basically to be Kyle Lowry almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and his percentages were down, which is obviously frustrating. But he did have some amazing games. And now declining this um player option i think it sparked a lot of 
kind of hate amongst Toronto fans because it kind of mm -hmm. goes against the culture of Toronto where like our our main guys are extremely loyal and always have been and always mm -hmm. have like wanted to stay in Toronto, never wanted to leave. So I think a lot of fans who maybe didn't even, I think they just sort of saw this as, oh, he's leaving. Yeah, for and sure. And we're not used to a player, you know, demanding to leave the team. And so I think that's why people kind of especially freaked out. Um, but I, I, I definitely don't sure. hate Fred. I, I love him. But um, yeah, I think just most fans are probably just thinking, oh, that means he's leaving and this goes against kind of our vibe in Toronto. Yeah, that that's a really good point. You know, I think w when you're seeing someone decline like a player option and say like, hey, I don't want, you know, I'm not going to play this last year for $22 million. Like, I think... Yeah, I've seen it enough times where sort of like, you know, a player has like an expected value, right? Like, and for instance, Jacoperto, his contract's up, but I'm not sure what he was making. Like, so something like, something small, like 11 or 12 million, something like that. And the Spurs actually offered him like a contract extension of $15 million, which he declined before he came to Toronto. And I think part of that is him saying like, I think I'm worth whatever, 19 or $20 million dollars a year um and yeah i think it's a good point you sort of see this like the raptors have built this culture of like everyone's loyal everyone's a team player you know we're sort of all in this together and then you have a guy who's sort of like wait are you like with us or are you sort of like out for yourself is that fair yeah yeah i definitely i mean we also have to remember freddie's been on the team for a long time yes. he was like he was a huge reason we won the championship. He played yeah. amazing in the finals and he does probably deserve a larger contract than he does now. So I don't blame him uh, yeah. for wanting more money. When he's like 29, right? You know, I'm sure yeah. his agent's like, this is your last big paycheck, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This um, is time. yeah. What, what about you, uh, Marky? Where are you at with sort of like the kind of like the energy around Fred? Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is, I mean, I found myself, like, I love Fred, but I found myself getting frustrated with him uh, a few times, just, mm -hmm. like, on shot selection. Yes, and, for sure. You know, just, like, he and, like, passing and just having bad, bad percentage games. Mm -hmm. But I think part of it is, like, people are frustrated with Fred uh, last season, so they're, like, I can't believe that you would decline that after you just gave us that season. Yeah, you know totally. I mean? So, and he was like, who gives you the right to think you deserve more, I guess? For sure. Yeah. But, no, I yeah. Think, yeah. Sorry, go I mean, ahead. Yeah. No, I, I I just find it, yeah. I I, I have find it strange uh, that people are so worked up. I mean, the players, if they think they can get more money, they're going to they're gonna try, so... Yeah, totally. And that's sort of what, you know, I, I wanted to bring this question forward. Like I, I, I love Fred and, you know, I think I, I think you really hit on something with shot selection there because watching a guy, uh, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it's his, his job. Like when you're the point guard, you're going to, you're going to end up like hucking a, a bunch of bad shots when a play doesn't go well and yeah. whatever. But at the end of the day, you're hucking up shots that look bad yeah. uh, or, or you, you know, you're, you've shot oh for eight on the night and you run down the court, you take a heat check three and it's yeah. like, it, it's, it's a bad shot. It's frustrating to watch as a fan. Um, yeah. 
and you know, I think the 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 Raptors shooting woes last year. We didn't have a lot of good three point shooters, and we relied so heavily on Fred. Uh, and on top of that, he kind of let us down. Mm. Is is frustrating, and then you couple that with him being like, "I understand, I just had a bad shooting year, but I want more." It's like, yeah. okay, dude, what the hell? Yeah. Um, what what about you, Brooks? Like, what's your, you know, I mean, yeah, we could go from like a, a anthro anthropological element, like you know, yeah, uh, aspect I mean, to like what, yeah, most sports, it's you know, what have you done for us lately, right? You know, yes, yeah. you love everybody till you don't love them anymore, and everybody kind of wears out their welcome. Think mm-hmm. of the things that people were saying about, you know, Russell Westbrook earlier in the season, like he's over. No one will sign him like on and on and on when it, when he was on the Lakers. And then he goes mm-hmm. to the Clippers and is like instrumental. He, he's the only player that yeah, really he was great. gave him the chance to win with the situation they found themselves in. And it's like, yeah, I mean, fans just get in a certain way about certain guys. And it's also a situation I think with Freddie, it's like, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Like, sure. So he walks and then we don't have a point guard and it's like, okay, well now what? So I, and this isn't a defensive Freddie. He can, I, whether he's worth what he's asking or not, I'm in no position to, to say, but I just think it's like, you have to look at the context and be like, well, what's plan B if not him anyway, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. what are we going to get? That's better. What's the formulation that's going to work better than having him as the point guard or fine. You don't like him. Then that to me, if you like, if you don't want Freddie to come back, then it's like the, like Angelo Russell's not the answer. Yeah. So the answer is blow it up then fine. Just like actually blow it up and get right. rid of all of them and just go youth and just see what happens. And, but yeah, even in that case, I don't know who's handling the ball. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, also, I think it's just like, unless the Raptors have an exact plan on who to pick up for a point guard, I think they probably will throw a bit more money at Van Vliet because like, yeah, who else do we have to be a starting point guard on our team? So, I mean, I, they might just do it as like a safety move just because like they might not have another choice. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exact. That, that, if I had to guess, I feel like that's what they're going to do. Um, we, we're, we're getting to the end here, we're, you know, a little bit over time, but just like there's a, uh, I just want to ask this last little question. Is, is that cool with you guys? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so where, what do you sort of, and maybe I spend too much time on Twitter. I do spend too much time on Twitter, <laughs> but like what, um, what do you feel about this idea that's like pretty popular um, in the Raptors community, like, do you think that Fred is is hurting the development of Scotty? Like, do you think he's sort of delaying this time uh, where where Scotty, you know, like he Scotty should be like Fred, sort of making the, this part of Scotty Scotty Barnes is sort of like era as a Raptor worse? Like, do you think that's part of the negative energy? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll stick with you, Marky. Yeah, uh, I. That's a good point. I mean, I do think that it is possible. Uh, I think the Raptors are going to rely more on Scotty in years coming. Yeah. So it, there's a chance it could have hurt player devel- his player development. Uh, I mean, it's the only way to know is if we if Freddie isn't on the team next year and mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes has a much greater season. But I, right. I do think that could possibly be a, uh, a factor. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I think that's definitely like sort of what, what a lot of people believe. Um, 
what what about you, Spence? Like same question. Um. Yeah, I think that when Scotty came to the team, his sort of thing was that he's kind of an everything player. Mm-hmm. You know, he can handle the ball, but he is also a big guy and he can do all those things. But the last season, I mean, there is this thing around the NBA about the second year curse um, mm-hmm. where totally. you do a lot of players tend to not have the best year or lose a bit of confidence. But I think we also proved that the offense was not as good when we ran the ball through him. When he was the one setting the screens, I think we had better plays instead of yeah. you know being at the top of the key. But regardless, I think we just need to give him even more of an opportunity. And maybe if Fred left, like he would just get more time with the ball. Like realistically, yeah. it doesn't matter if he's the one leading the offense, he's gonna get more touches, so he'll have more chances. But I, I haven't I hadn't even heard that um that sort of dilemma. Um that that, that makes me feel good. Sorry, go ahead, Brooks. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, I mean, how I mean, other than yeah, he's gonna get more touches if Freddie's not there, sure. Um, but there was that little experiment when Freddie was hurt for a while. Well, he kind of was bringing the ball up the court and all of that and wasn't great. So mm-hmm. what like what what does he have to develop into or what do people see that he could develop into if he got more touches or if Freddie wasn't there or if it was a different point guard or whatever, like what, what is it that's supposed to happen? So, yeah, just, I mean, my opinion, which I think is, I don't want to say the minority, but I feel like um, it is basically exactly what Spencey said. Like, I think him as a screen setter is just, he is a, could be the best screen setter in the NBA. Like, I think you look at guys like Sabonis who sort of like dribble handoffs, Draymond Green. I think he can really operate a lot for the Raptors in the half court as a passer, you know, doing like busting out his bag of tricks, but like bringing up the ball, dribbling, like he doesn't really have the burst to blow by guys or the athleticism. And I I think there's a difference between being like an incredible, you know, having incredible vision and passing and then also like managing the play. And, you know, we were talking about Fred's shooting percentage he had to like bail us out with a lot of shots. And if that, if Scotty's having to like heave a bunch of threes, I think it could get pretty ugly. But yeah, yeah. that said, I feel like, you know, you sort of work him in more, uh, you know, making more decisions, I, I think is a good thing. And I mean, regardless, it should be an interesting year. I feel like we've, we've sort of hit time here. So I don't, I don't want to go over an, an hour, but um, yeah, let me, let me bring Maddie in. Uh, and let me thank you guys so much. This was a great pod and, you know, I hope you'll do it again. Uh, but, uh, let, let me, let me throw to you guys, you know, please just, uh, you know, sort of quickly tell us about the podcast where we can watch it and, um, yeah, let us know. Uh, it's called orange ball juice. Uh, it's the three of us, obviously, uh, we do it weekly. We started at the beginning of this season and we've taken it all the way. The last one was last Sunday. We do, as I said, we do it weekly. Uh, yeah, we we are probably less Raptors focused than you guys. We kind of cover the whole NBA, mm-hmm. which is daunting, <laughs> but we try yeah. to cover uh, you know the whole NBA. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. You can you, you can hear it on um, I think all the main platforms: Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And we also have an Instagram at, at Orange Ball Juice, so you can check that out. It's a lot of pictures of our dog Merlin. Yeah, nice. I wish he was here. I'd show him that. <laughs> It's it's like you know it's that kind of thing. So um, pretty casual, 
but uh, yeah, and you can hit us up on uh, on Gmail as well if you want to send us an email at uh, at um, orangebelljuice at gmail.com. So check us out. And we're gonna over the summer. The season's over, but we're probably gonna do like some evergreen off kind of fun episodes that are just more about you know best players of all time and. I liked your, I inspired by this one we did of how to make the draft better, that kind of thing, like how to make the NBA better, how to make, uh, yeah. you know, that stuff is fun to talk about. So we'll probably do more themed episodes like that over the summer. And then uh, we'll see, gear up for next season. I can't believe the season's over. It's been crazy. That's been a wild one. Um, again, thank you guys. And uh, I'll throw to you, Maddie. Maddie, what's up? What do you want to let the people know before we get out? <clears throat> um yeah you know thank you for listening as always go to raptorsrepublic.com you can listen to us there uh, if you watched us on youtube we put up a couple of the segments on there go to the Rapcast on your favorite podcatcher and listen to the full episode there and as always you know the raptors republic paywall is six bucks a month. You get lots of great premium content. The writers are fantastic. Save the clock tower. Save the damn clock tower here, folks. Need that. <laughs> need those premium content subscriptions if we were going to keep this thing going, folks. Okay, so uh, that threw me off. I don't know why I put that picture. Save <laughs> the clock tower. <laughs> um, save the clock tower. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Go to dunkspodcast.com. You can save the clock tower there as well. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in a couple weeks. <laughs> um, Matt, I really want you to build in a save the clock tower <laughs> audio thing. Got um, it. Yeah. Again, thank you so uh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, it's It's been a great year. We're headed into the offseason, into the draft. Um, I think uh, by our next pod, the draft will have happened. Um, and um, yeah, appreciate everybody. And Maddie, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast.